In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, God says, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they have hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. You see, turning to anything other than God for your satisfaction is literally wasting your life on that which cannot, it will not satisfy. It's like pouring fresh, life-saving water into a broken pitcher. Whatever is put into that pitcher just comes leaking out because the pitcher is incapable of containing what's inside. Well, welcome to the Point of Purity podcast. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. This is episode 124, entitled, Change the Drinking Fountain. Often in Scripture, God is referred to as the fountain of living water. In other words, God, and God alone, is the only source of nourishment and refreshment you and I will ever need for any and every part of life. Lust, porn, masturbation, adultery, sexual impurity, alcohol, drugs, gluttony, uh, pride, greed, control— Those are all broken cisterns, Jeremiah 2.13. They will not because they cannot quench your thirst. They are empty pitchers full of empty promises and empty dreams that can never meet your needs. Do you recall in John chapter 4, yeah, John chapter 4, verses 7 through 30, the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well? In, In verses 13 and 14, It says that Jesus said to this woman, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in him a spring of water welling up into eternal life. John 4, 13 and 14. Every time, listen now, every time you turn to lust and porn and masturbation and sexual impurity to to drink if you will you will always end up thirsty again and again and again i mean sure the moment you turn to it you are in that moment satisfied momentarily but all too quickly you become thirsty again in fact let's be honest you're thirstier than you were before and that's because those cisterns that Jeremiah referred to, those containers with the words pleasure, fulfillment, satisfaction on the label, it's deceptive. You think it's going to hold exactly what you need. You think that by drinking from it, you'll be completely satisfied, only to discover that they're broken, contaminated, empty vessels that have nothing to offer. In a sense, it's kind of like drinking seawater. I hope you've never done that. I would never recommend it. You could be you could be in the middle of the ocean, dying of thirst, totally surrounded by seawater, convinced that the wetness of the water will satisfy your desire. However, there's salt in that water, and the salt that's in that water will dry you up and it'll make you thirstier the next time. That's precisely, listen, watch this now, that is precisely what lust and porn and masturbation, alcohol, drugs, gluttony, greed, pride, control, fear, anxiety, you name it, that's what it will do to you, guaranteed. It will give a temporary, momentary feel-good, that that pop, that rush, that ah feeling. You will get that, yes, that's, that's because sin has its pleasure for a season. 
And and let's face it, that's a big reason why you keep going back to the temptation. You keep yielding and giving in. You keep returning back to that same sinful habit, that same sinful pattern. You've become addicted to the, the hormones that are giving you that pop and that rush. However, if we're honest, as quickly as the pop or the rush came, it vanishes. And it leaves you feeling empty, emptier than before thirstier than before, longing for more, needing to have more, wanting something that'll just satisfy your thirst. The only way, hear me now, listen, the only way that you will ever be able to truly experience a genuine, lasting freedom from the beast of sexual temptation and sin is for everyone who thirsts, for you to come to the waters, come to God, the fountain of living water. Why why choose to spend your money, your time, your energy for that which is not satisfying? Why choose to waste your life on sinful sexual satisfaction instead of enjoying, enjoying, are you hearing me, enjoying a blessed life that is found only in a growing relationship with God? Why? Why waste your labor on that which does not satisfy? Instead, choose to incline your ear, choose to listen to to what God has to say. Come before Him. Let Him speak into your chest so that your soul may live. Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 3. You see, only Jesus. Listen to me. Watch this now. Only Jesus, the living water, can truly quench your thirst. Now, I, I understand If you remember my testimony, I've been down that path. I understand that right now it may not seem like Jesus is the answer. It may not seem like giving up my my lust and my porn and my masturbation or my alcohol, my drugs, my my sinful habit, giving that up and turning to God, that it just doesn't feel like that's what's going to satisfy me. That's what's going to help. It doesn't appear that your temptation, your thirst could possibly ever be truly quenched by a relationship with God? Seriously? You, you probably have a hard time believing that God can, or, or maybe that God even will, quench that thirst for you. And the reason is because your flesh is arguing with you right now. It's throwing all kinds of, of, of arguments your way, saying, okay, well, maybe it's true for others. Maybe others can have their sinful thirst, their, their temptations genuinely quenched by God, but not me. My personal experience to date is called God's promises into serious consideration, serious question, excuse me. I, I, I'm doubting that what God's saying is true. I mean, it, it may be true for others. Maybe others can have that, that thirst quenched, but not me. Not me. My experience has said something and totally, totally different than that. Listen, my friend, I assure you, I assure you that the sinful sexual thirst that you've been craving can and will be quenched. Are you hearing me? It can and will be quenched as you draw deeper from the fountain of living water, as you grow closer and closer in your relationship with God. If you have heard my testimony, if you haven't, go back to to episode number one, really go all the way back to the very beginning, and I share with you in detail my story. I've been down that path. I know what I'm talking about. There, as you grow closer in your walk with God, there's greater freedom. There's greater th- the, the thirst is being quenched. I promise you. And yet, and yet, nagging in the back of your head may go this argument. But what if? 
What if God takes the, the, the sinful behavior away from me and then leaves me hanging high and dry? What if he removes the lust, the porn, the masturbation, the alcohol, the drugs, the, the, the gluttony, and, that, and what he gives me in return isn't as pleasurable, it's not as enjoyable, it's not as fun? What if God lets me down? Can you relate? Let me quickly challenge you here. Do not, do not walk the what ifs cliffs. What if, what if, what if? That's a dangerous place to be, my friend. The reason that you're struggling with those fears, the reason that you're afraid to let your sinful habit go, the reason that you doubt God's ability, God's readiness, God's willingness to meet your every need and quench your every thirst is simply because you don't yet truly know God. You have not yet gone deep into a powerful, precious relationship with your Creator, your Savior, your Heavenly Father. That's the purpose. That's the goal of diving into the Scriptures, to teach you, to guide you, to help you not only discover, but learn how to change drinking fountains and and learn how to drink from the living water that Christ gives. When you begin to taste and see that the Lord is good, Psalm 34, verse 8, you will discover the bitterness and the saltiness and the horribleness of what you have been drinking. In Job chapter 10, verses 12 through 15, Job says, Though evil is sweet in his mouth, though he hides it under his tongue, though he is loath to let it go and holds it in his mouth, yet his food is turned in his stomach. It is the venom of cobras within him. He swallows down riches and vomits them up again. Now, that's a powerful passage of Scripture. And with your permission, I I would like to read that again to you. In fact, I don't know whether I've got your permission or not, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. I want you to listen very closely to what is being said in this verse. Job chapter 10, verses 12 through 15. Though evil is sweet in his mouth. If, if may I say, though porn, though lust, though anger, though gluttony, though pride, greed, control, alcohol, drugs, whatever that your struggle is, though it is sweet in your mouth, though you, you hide it under your tongue, though you hate to let it go and you just, you hold it in your mouth and, and, and you, you suck on it and you swallow it. it. Job goes on to say, the food is turned in your stomach. It's the venom of cobras within you. You swallow down riches, but you vomit them right back up again. (laughs) What an apropos description of what sexual impurity does to you. Sure, it's sweet as you devour it. It, it, It's pleasurable. It's enjoyable. That's how Satan has designed it. And yes, you don't want to let it go. You know it's bad for you. You know it's going to end up in in a bad state. And yet when you consume it, It turns in your stomach. It's no longer sweet. It's poisonous. It makes you sick with shame and guilt. My friend, it's time to change drinking fountains. You see, the fresh water that God wants to give you is found in his word. It's not found at the porn site. It's not found in in the act of masturbation. It's not found in the bottle. It's not found in the needle. It's not found in the refrigerator. That which God wants to give you is found in his word. Drinking from that fountain comes 
as you read the word, study the word, meditate on the word, memorize the word, and walk in obedience to what God reveals to you. Psalm 119, verse 105, God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In Psalm 119, verse 130, David says, the unfolding of God's word gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. You need to be in God's word. Now, I have a, I have a question for you. you. You need to be honest with yourself. Here's my question. Up to this point, what hidden secret life have you been holding on to? Let me further go down that path and ask you this. Why have you done everything in your power to keep it concealed, to keep it in the dark? Let's face it, sin thrives in the dark. It exists in the quiet, secret recesses of your heart and your mind. That's where it feeds. That's where it grows. John 3, verses 19 and 20, Jesus said, This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works are evil. Everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Can you see yourself pictured in that text? Let's face it, in the past, maybe even now as you're listening to this, you loved or you are loving the darkness because it's keeping you your secrets safe. You hate reading the Bible. You hate having devotions. You hate prayer time. You hate the worship time in church because each and every time you, you, you read the Bible or listen to the worship or, or have your devotions or pray, you're feeling like a hypocrite, a fake and a fool. And so you just rather avoid that altogether. Well, my friend, it's time to turn the light on. It's time to come out of the shadows and face the beast that's taking you down. My prayer for you is that you would right now understand that exposing your sin to God's light is the very thing that's necessary to killing that evil in your life. Maybe as you're listening to this, you feel terrified. And yet, maybe a little excited. Excited because you sense that maybe there is a glimmer of hope shining on the horizon. And yet, on the, on the other hand, you feel terrified because you fear the unknown. Your sinful habit has been a friend to you. Oh, it's been destroying you. But in the process of, of gobbling you up, <laughs> that's felt good. Oh, so, so good. And the prospect of killing it off is scary to you. What, what, what will happen? How will I cope? Again, in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Follow me, and you will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. The purpose of light is not simply to reveal your sin. It's not to expose it so that it will die, though, though that will happen. Another purpose of the light is to help you embrace, to, to embrace you in its warmth and its power. And not just any power, God's power. Second Peter 1, 3, his divine power has given you everything you need to be godly. The divine power of God has been given to you to leave the slain beast of temptation on the battlefield and live a life full of freedom and joy, a life that truly honors and glorifies your creator, your savior, your friend, your heavenly father. That's, what, that's why John the apostle wrote in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, this is the message we have heard from him. This is the message we proclaim to you. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. 
Now, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we're a liar. We do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, yes, our sins will be exposed. Yes, we'll have to deal with them. But we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all of our sin. When you choose to play around with your temptation, you are both being deceived and you are being a deceiver. Let me repeat that. When you play around with your temptation, you are being deceived and you are being a deceiver. You're claiming to be a Christian. You're claiming to have fellowship with God. And yet when you give into the temptation, you lust, you, you look at porn, you give into masturbation, you're sexually acting out, you're drinking to excess and getting drunk, you're, you're using uh, illicit drugs, you're raiding the refrigerator, whatever it may be. When you're playing around, you, you're claiming to have fellowship with God, but you're playing around with your sin. You're walking in darkness. Your life is a lie. You're not living by the truth. John says, when you walk in the light as he is in the light, two things happen. First, that's when you are in true fellowship with other Christians. And in that fellowship, listen, in that fellowship, Psalm 55 verse 14, we can take sweet counsel together because we're in the house of God and we're walking together in God's house. However, listen to me now, God is very clear. 2 Corinthians six fourteen, what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? What fellowship has light with darkness? When you make the choice to walk in the darkness of your sin, you are choosing also to break the fellowship with God and with other Christians. The second thing I want you to notice from from this text that, that John is writing in 1 John is that when you walk in the light as he is in the light, you are cleansed from all of your sin. You, You see, walking in the light must of necessity include exposing the sin. Now again, that's terrifying. That, that, that is, is almost um, debilitating. Now, now, before you hit the major panic button and think, okay, Steve's about to instruct me, I got to get up on the platform at church this Sunday, or I need to log into my social media page and tell the world about my battle with my temptation. Calm down, calm down. That's not where I'm going. That's not what I meant by exposing your sin to the light. Hear me out. Exposing your sin to the light begins by confessing your sin to the one who is the light. In other words, talk with God about it. 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Proverbs 18, 23, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Psalm 23, I'm sorry, Psalm 32, verse 5. I acknowledged my sin to you, God. I did not cover up my sin. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. On this journey to purity, on this journey to living in freedom, and on this journey to having your, your, your thirst truly quenched, and this, this journey of changing drinking fountains, we need to seek to shine the light of God's word in the deep recesses of our heart. And as we do, we discover what's at the heart of our struggle. We learn the importance of keeping that light on at all times. But I want to, before I wrap up this episode, I want to share this with you. If you need someone to talk with and you don't know who to turn to, 
You need to share someone with someone the struggle with your temptation, the fear of that that is gripping your heart. The the concealing needs to stop, and you're ready to expose it, but you you're not ready yet to to expose it the way you should. You just need someone to talk to. That's part of what the Pure Man Ministry is all about. That's part of why we're here. That's part of why we're doing these episodes. That's part of why we have our app. That's part of why um, I've I've written the books that I've written and and uh, do the mentoring and the counseling that I do with guys. I, I want you to know there's a safe place right here. And all you have to do is is go to my website and, and log on to my form and reach out to me or send me an email. Just just write an email to steve at thepuritycoach.com and let's begin a conversation together. Let's start talking about the struggle that, that you're battling with and the temptations that are that are plaguing you, the fears that are gripping you, and the victory and the promise that God has given to you that when you walk in the light as he is in the light, there's fellowship. There's freedom. There's forgiveness. So send me that email, steve at thepuritycoach.com. I'd love to have the opportunity to sit down with you and pray with you and talk with you and share some scripture with you. If you'd like to learn more about today's study, or if you're interested in learning more about the Pure Man Ministry, visit our website. There is a multitude of resources that I've made available to you at the Purity Coach, all one word, the Purity, P-U-R-I-T-Y, coach.com. Very quickly, one of the resources that I want to make you aware of is a book that I've written entitled, Are You a Superman? How to Become God's Man of Steel. This book is available on Amazon. And if you're a man looking for a 12-week men's Bible study that you can do with with an accountability partner or with a best friend or with your son or, or with a men's small group or even just by yourself, then I suggest that this book, Are You a Superman of God, is a must-do. Are You a Superman of God? Becoming God's Man of Steel is a tongue-in-cheek, kind of a fun look at what it means to be God's Man of Steel in a world that is anti-God, anti-Christ, and anti-Bible. As, as, as Christian men, we try to be the Superman of God that others want, that others need, maybe even that others expect us to be. And, and, and let's face it, we'll do well most of the time at presenting the, the, the spiritual Man of Steel persona to those around us. And yet, Inwardly, secretly, we know that we're far from being the godly man that that we're supposed to be. As a superman of God, now listen to this. I'm going to give you a little insight into the book. As a superman of God, you have supernatural strength. You have the ability to effectively live a life that honors and glorifies God. You have the ability to stand firm in the faith and submitting yourself to God, resisting the devil, and having the enemy of your soul flee from you. That power, that ability, comes directly from the Son of God. The closer you are in your relationship to the Son, S-O-N, the greater your power to resist the archenemy of your soul. And yet, and yet, truth be told, in fact, we this episode has just kind of covered that, you have a weakness. It's your kryptonite. It's that, it's that radioactive element of your life before Christ, that your spiritual archenemy, the, the enemy of your soul, wants to use to his advantage. The fact is, let's face it, when you play around with your kryptonite, it weakens your will, it weakens your ability to stand firm and fight the fight of faith. Well, this 12-week men's Bible study, Are You a Superman of God?, helps you to learn how to identify your kryptonite, how to steer clear of it, 
and how to find your super spiritual strength as you da- as you daily draw closer to your your the sun to to Jesus Christ to your relationship with God and be the man of steel that God has called and equipped you to be so let me encourage you to go to amazon.com and purchase your copy of are you a super man of God becoming God's man of steel and if you can't remember when you finally log on to Amazon if you can't remember the title of the book just look up my name Steve Etner and you will see all the books that I have written. Well, if you've not yet subscribed to this Point of Purity podcast, let me encourage you to do so today. I don't want you to miss any of our upcoming episodes. So until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking. Thank you.